This is the Pulse of the Caribbean, Caribbean News Roundup. Now, with today's Caribbean News headlines, here's Keisha Wallace. This podcast is brought to you by Let'sTalkIdeas.org, your budget-friendly custom-designed firm in Diamond Key Marina, British Virgin Islands. Welcome to Pulse of the Caribbean, Caribbean News Roundup. Here's a look at some of our Caribbean headlines for today. Commonwealth nations meet in Rwanda. Port Hamilton selling 18.8 million worth of platinum catalysts, a critical commodity in oil refining. Guyana losing big from 75% cost oil Exxon deducts. EU to help vaccine production in Latin America and Caribbean countries. And Puerto Rico tourism company launches 800,000 Isla Aventura campaign. These and other stories on today's Pulse of the Caribbean, Caribbean News Roundup for Friday, June 24th. We start our report today at the Commonwealth Nations meeting in Rwanda. Sinkit's Amivis Observer reports via Reuters that the heads of government from Commonwealth nations are meeting in Rwanda capital Kigali beginning today, Friday, June 24th through tomorrow, Saturday, June 25th to discuss cooperation on topics ranging from green energy to rising food prices to the war in Ukraine. The Commonwealth and the Kigali summit which was supposed to be held in 2020, was twice delayed because of the COVID-19 pandemic. The Commonwealth is a voluntary association of 54 countries that evolved gradually from the British Empire. Members include 13 countries in the Caribbean and the Americas, 19 countries in Africa, three in Europe, eight in Asia, and 11 in the Pacific, with a combined population of 2.5 million. Its secretariat is based in London. The two last countries to join are Rwanda and Mozambique. They have no historical ties to the British Empire. Most of them are, but it is not a condition for membership. Gabon and Togo, both former French colonies, are expected to apply to join the summit at Kigali. The Commonwealth presents itself as a network for cooperation on common goals, such as protecting the environment, boosting trade, supporting democracy, promoting education and gender equality, and giving small states a louder voice on the world stage. Although it is not a free trade zone, it calculates that its members find it 21% cheaper to trade with other members than with non-Commonwealth countries, which are a similar distance away, based on the analysis of the World Bank data. Factors include a common language and similar legal and commercial frameworks. Commonwealth leaders will decide in Kigali whether to reappoint the current Secretary General Dominica's Patricia Scotland for a second term or replace her with Kamina Johnson-Smith, the Jamaican Foreign Minister. Britain has criticized Scotland leadership and is backing Johnson-Smith as are India and Belize. Most heads of government of Commonwealth countries are coming, including Nigeria, Britain, and Canada. Antigua Newsroom reports that Antigua and Barbuda on Thursday established formal diplomatic relations in the Republic of Kenya during a signing ceremony held at the Kigali Conference Center on the margins of the Commonwealth Heads of Government meeting. Antigua and Barbuda was represented by its Minister of Foreign Affairs, Immigration and Trade, the Honorable Chet Green. Kenya was represented by Ambassador Rachel Awar 
Omamo, Minister of Foreign Affairs of Kenya. Foreign Affairs Omamo is Kenya's candidate for the post of President of the International Fund for Agricultural Development. The establishment of diplomatic relations between Antigua and Barbuda and Kenya represents a strong commitment by the government of Antigua and Barbuda to strengthen its bilateral ties with African countries. Both nations have enjoyed close working relationships within multilateral organizations such as the Commonwealth and the United Nations. Currently, Antigua and Barbuda and Kenya are co-chairs of the Sustainable Blue Economy Action Group within the Commonwealth. In September 2021, Antigua and Barbuda's Prime Minister, Gaston Brown, addressed the inaugural Africa's CARICOM Summit under the theme, Unity Across Continents and Oceans, Opportunities for Deepening Integration. During this summit, he expressed his desire for there to be greater diplomatic cooperation between CARICOM and the African Union to include the creation of an annual Africa CARICOM Day to be celebrated on the 7th of September and the establishment of the Forum of African and Caribbean States. The Virgin Islands Consortium reports that while all attention is currently focused on whose possession is the Lime Tree Bay refinery, with Port Hamilton Refining and Transportation commenting through a statement that it is the rightful owner, essentially an extremely expensive parts needed for oil refining at the South Shore facility on St. Croix are being sold. Port Hamilton is currently selling 12,490 troy ounce of platinum, which equates to 856.4 pounds of the costly asset, according to an official listing of the product on Octo, which facilitates the sale of excess industrial equipment for clients. Platinum is currently priced at $22,000 per pound and sale of 856.5 pounds of the asset would bring in a haul of $18.8 million to Port Hamilton. According to the International Group Metals Association, since the late 1950s, platinum catalysts have been used in petroleum refineries to form naphtha into high-octane blending component for gasoline. Though 18.8 million worth of the precious metal may appear to be substantial, it is a fraction of what is currently at the South Shore facility, and the move may be an attempt by Port Hamilton to raise money for operational expenses, including a debt of 5.6 million owed to Lime Tree Bay terminals. Port Hamilton Refining and Transportation has not, however, paid its outstanding balance for the shared services provided by Lime Tree Bay Terminals, which is currently over $5.6 million, which includes $1.15 million for fuel prepayments, according to Lime Tree Bay filing in court earlier this month. Crida News reports that Guyana's Vice President Bharat Jagdito and officials of Esso Exploration and Production Guyana Limited, ExxonMobil Guyana, have argued that Guyana collects more profit than the oil companies with interest in the Strabo block, but it is the additional terms in the agreement where ExxonMobil really benefits. The article states that according to Tom Mitro, 
a former director of the University of Houston's Global Energy Development and Sustainability Program and former Chevron executive with decades of experience negotiating international contracts. He argues that the country is losing primarily through the deductions being made by the operator and not necessarily in the profit-sharing aspect of the deal. His views were recently shared in the Forbes magazine Energy reported caption as Guyana oil business booms could a potential new deal with Exxon loom. In that publication, Mitro highlighted that it was the many other negotiable clauses in the contract. They were established in favor of Exxon. He cited an example that one such provision allows Exxon to recover all interest on loans borrowed to fund the development of related oil projects. In practice, Mitro said, this means that the operator and its partners are able to charge Guyana for the cost of borrowing from their affiliates with no limits. Contracts typically have cost recovery mechanisms, but usually with limits, Mitro said, explaining that without written limits, companies can abuse the amounts of borrowing they do within the conglomerate. HeadyNews.net reports via Chinua News that the European Commission Chief Ursula von der Leyen said on Wednesday that the European Union is set to invest 809 million euros or 904 million U.S. dollars in vaccine and drug production in Latin America and Caribbean countries. In a joint statement with Spain's Prime Minister Pedro Sanchez, von der Leyen said the new partnership will involve sharing knowledge and technologies, as well as the creation of a robust regulatory environment. The move should boost Latin America's manufacturing capacity, foster equitable access to safe, effective, and affordable health products, and help strengthen health resilience in the region to tackle endemic and emerging diseases, said the commission. Later in the year, events will be organized to foster collaborations between the EU's private sector and businesses in Latin America. The partnership will also help universities, research centers, and scientists to work together under the research and innovation program Horizon Europe. Dominica News Online reports that the government of Dominica is currently hosting a series of workshops to explore the possibilities for a national low-carbon transport program. The project was delivered with the partnership of Gutter Consulting and made possible through the financial support of the Green Climate Fund in the sum of $10 million. The workshops are being organized by Dominica's Ministry of Planning, Economic Development, Climate Resilience, Sustainable Development, and Renewable Energy. Project manager at Grutter Consulting, Verena Ruse said, We are going to have a better financial condition for people who want to buy an electric car. She said, we are looking into the maritime transport as well, boats, engines, outboard engines, to test and see how it works out on the sea. And by 2030, if everything goes well, the government will have incentives enough to say, we are going to stop importing fossil fuel vehicles. She continued, by then, hopefully, the geothermal plant will start working and we are going to have 
100% renewable energy. The transportation sector has the largest greenhouse gas emissions and is also the sector with the highest greenhouse gas growth. According to the article, Dominica is making important steps towards a green electricity production, which could form the backbone for an electrified transport system in the country. The country has also recently given tax incentives to hybrid and electric cars. And finally, News is My Business reports that Puerto Rico Tourism Company Executive Director Carlos Mercado offers details of the new promotional effort looking to maximize and give continuity to the marketing strategies outlined to promote domestic tourism, the Puerto Rico Tourism Company kicked off its new promotional efforts with the launch of its new Voy Turistando Isla Aventura campaign. The $800,000 campaign focuses on showing what to do in Puerto Rico and seeks to motivate local tourists to enjoy the experiences that can be found while touring the island. Last year, the central government assigned $120 million from the American Rescue Plan to strengthen internal and external tourism promotion efforts for Puerto Rico. Tourism Companies Initiative seeks to position Puerto Rico as the best and largest theme park in the Americas by featuring beaches, forests, and rivers. The effort will also give equal time to the island's gastronomy and the distinctive specialties from each region and Puerto Rico's cultural wealth. Adventures such as snorkeling, kayaking, zip lining, hiking, horse racing, water sports, among others, are also a part of the campaign. The $800,000 will be invested in digital and traditional media outlets. The agency VoyTorizando.com website will integrate an interactive map of the campaign's attractions. Have news and information you'd like to share with us? Email news releases to news at pulseofthecaribbean.com and to share information on upcoming events, email events at pulseofthecaribbean.com. This has been your Pulse of the Caribbean Caribbean News Roundup for Friday, June 24th. I'm Keisha Wallace. For more Caribbean news stories and information, visit us online at pulseofthecaribbean.com. If you found value in this podcast, be sure to like and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. And thank you in advance for choosing Pulse of the Caribbean, Caribbean News Roundup as your source for Caribbean-centered news.